Hey, everyone. Today we are speaking with Lori Richardson on the Shake Sales podcast. Welcome back. Thanks for being here. Lori is a podcast host of Conversations with Women in Sales, and she's a revenue strategist at Score More Sales and the author of her new book, She Sells, which we'll be diving into a little bit more today and just talking about all around the subject of women in sales. So Lori, thank you so, so much for being here. Do you mind taking some time to introduce yourself? Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Maggie. You did a good job. And I spent about 16 years in business to business selling myself and started in my uh, early 20s as a single mom. And I really love sales. It's a game changer that equals what, you know, anyone can do in in business it's just such an equalizer and and it, it is such an opportunity for people that I love championing it. And in about 2015, I started seeing that there were still not very many women in sales after my whole career. And so I wanted to help get more women into sales. So I started Women Sales Pros and we have a an event called the She Sells Summit that's going to be April 6th. And it's we do about an annual event where we invite all the different women in sales groups. So that's kind of a cool thing that I'm working on right now. Awesome. And that's April 6th, you said? Yes. Amazing. Amazing. And so this She Sells Summit, and then that's also the title of your new book, right? Which you have with you right now? Yeah. She Sells, uh, Attract, Promote, Retain, Great Women in B2B Sales. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm excited to dive into it. Thanks so much for, for taking time to introduce yourself. Um, yeah. So like you said, your book is about attracting, promoting, retaining great women in B2B sales. And that's kind of a gap you saw, like you said, back in 2015. And, um, you know, to start this out, I read this quote um, from your Amazon page of, you know, people that have bought and read the book already. And uh, this quote came specifically, I think, from a male. And what he wrote was, as well intended as I was, I found I was unconsciously doing things that either were not helpful or in the worst case, disadvantaged women. And none of that was my intent. So I found that pretty powerful, um, especially the end part of it. Like it wasn't his intent to, you know, do those things and then realize it from your book. Um, so I guess like my question for you, what do you think is the biggest gap keeping companies from attracting and retaining more women in B2B sales? Yeah, that's uh, such a great place to start because I really wrote the book for mostly men who people who are in leadership roles in companies uh, who are mo mostly men, especially in sales. Um, but they're for anyone that's having trouble finding and hiring and retaining women because some pe people at companies really want they want to, and I get those calls every week from leaders who say, do you know of any women leaders who, you know, could apply for this role? And I didn't write it for the people who we have to convince because they won't hire. For example, there was a company where a head of sales reached out to me and he said that his CEO won't allow female hires in field sales because, you know, they're probably going to leave and have kids. And I just was like... Oh my goodness, this is not for them because I don't, I'm not here to convince anyone of something. If, if they get it, but they're just having trouble, this, 
These are tips throughout the book and they're tactical and a little bit strategic on the mindset. So I think the biggest thing is that from the top, the company has to be committed to this and they have to understand that it's different than they might think in that they may need to work to convince a woman to take a role differently than a man, for example. Um, we know that <clears throat> women have, you know, we weigh things in, in, over time. We want to know about our professional development opportunities. We want to know about the ethics and the standards of the company, who they, what they believe in. And then we make a decision. Men tend, and I don't want to general overgeneralize, but generally men are more about what does it pay? You know, what's my, what are my growth? Uh, how can I, what title can I have? You know, women don't care as much about the title typically, um, but we want opportunity to grow and we want to be able to learn and make an impact. We want to be heard and we want to be paid fairly. So if, if a company can cover all those things, it makes it a lot easier to uh, get someone's attention and then to retain them. Got it. So it, it sounds like, you know, the, and obviously, like you said, your, your book goes into more tips about it, but the, the general overall picture is just more thinking intentionally about, about it. And I think going back to that quote from that guy of the review that he left of, um, you know, it's just like, maybe it wasn't their intention to write a, uh, you know, job position or job description a certain way, but, you know, that could keep women from applying to a specific job or wanting to work somewhere or seeing someone's LinkedIn page. And maybe most of the team is male, which would intimidate myself when, when applying for a job there. So it sounds like it's just being more intentional, but thinking back and taking a step back of what would women want out of this role? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I have a, a good friend named Shep Maher, who's a sales leader in the Bay Area. And he, uh, he speaks on panels sometimes. He's one of those really good guys who is, you know, happy to speak up about opportunities for people that are less likely to be hired in the workplace. And he spoke on a panel once. Uh, we were at Dreamforce, actually. And afterwards, he had some of his team in the audience and, and there were some women team members there. And and he told me that instead, of, you know, I mean, you would just think like, oh, what a great job I did. But he went to the women and said, did I represent what we're doing fairly? I mean, like, what which did I miss? And so even though he's one of the people who's a, a strong ally, he's still checking to say, what could I do differently? Or, you know, how could we be even better? And, and that's what a good leader does. It's, it's, it's part of being a servant leader, you know, all in all ways, but to really think about those that are less advantaged to helping you build a more well-rounded team and an inclusive team. We, we really need that in sales. Yeah, that's amazing that he did that. And, and like you said, really a great example of servant leadership and, um, you know, just kind of like taking the crowd audience, you know, and the team's uh, opinion about it, too, and making sure that I guess, as people like to say now, like checking themselves with their team after it and making sure that they're in tune with with what they want to represent. Yeah, that's amazing. So. Yeah, we talked about, you know, attract, attracting and retaining women in, in B2B sales. So 
let's say leadership is past the attracting, hiring women in sales. You know, what ultimately drives women to leave certain sales organizations? Because I know this is something that you bring up in your book is, you know, retaining great women in B2B sales. So yeah, what, what are some of those reasons that ultimately drive them to leave? Yeah, the biggest things I heard when I did research and I've been asking women and we've been interviewing people for the last, I would say since 2015. So that's about eight, eight, seven, eight years is people feel like their voice is not being heard. They're obvious, clearly passed over for a promotion uh, with a less capable or less uh, ready male, um, it happens quite often, or they find out that they're paid differently, paid less. It's still in 2023, it just amazes me that that happens. And, uh, or, or they just feel like they don't have a future there. They're, they're not being heard, they're not part of the, the group, the team, and, and so they go to another company. and. And this is where, you know, for all the efforts to recruit someone and to help onboard them and give them a good experience, you don't want to lose them because it's just status quo or it gets stagnant. So you need to keep talking, you know, just like we were talking about a minute ago is getting feedback and seeing how can we be even better and and making promotions that really matter not just in title, but in pay as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Progressing there and making sure that they're, you know, being treated fairly. Like you said, it's still shocking that there's pay differences, you know, and we're in 2023, which people have been talking about for a while, especially with women, specifically women in sales too. And women of color. Reasons of, yeah, 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 exactly. And you gave those reasons of saying, you know, it's obviously, you know, any of us, the two of us talking right now, that would be a reason for us to leave too. If we're figuring out we're getting paid less or getting skipped over for obvious promotions and things like that. And how do you feel like those reasons differ from men leaving companies? I think a lot of times men are practical. Uh, They, they have a bigger opportunity. There's a lot of people out there recruiting and, it's, it seems to me to be more of, you know, I have, I can get this title. uh, um, I can get closer to my goal of CEO or VP sales or what have you. Um, I just, I just think it's more practical and men don't have to maneuver a lot of the landmines that women do. So um, it's, it's just kind of a simple progression for a, a lot of guys, not all, but a lot of them. Got it. So it's a bit more, those moves are a bit more practical. So more is having yeah. to do with, you know, like a pay raise or, you know, the next opportunity at a different company and things like that. Okay. Yeah. Are they get a new boss that doesn't, they, you know, clash with what have you. Gotcha. <laughs> what leaves them to leave there. Okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's interesting, those points that you bring up too, especially as far as like, yeah, I mean, you've put all, put in all this effort of attracting women, you know, going through the hiring process, having someone on board and then making sure, you know, and retaining those employees that you have across the board, but especially women, like you said, and just making sure that, 
you know, you're digging in and seeing, hey, you know, what's going to keep them here? What am I doing? Where's the feedback coming from? So would you say that's a big part of it is really just receiving that feedback to make sure, you know, leadership can stay on path with, you know, keeping their their team? Yeah, an inclusive sales team is an advantage to a company. So it should have metrics and discussion, just like any other any other thing, any other aspect of a sales team or go-to-market motion that a company has. So it in just like anything else, you know, we need to regularly talk about how are we doing, you know, are we looking for more diverse candidates, what's happening, and and really discussing things. Uh, the more we can comfortably discuss, the better we're gonna be. Got it. Yeah. So just having those vulnerable conversations and yeah, I like that you compare it. I was just talking with someone the other day about, you know, there's a lot of relations between, I used to be a recruiter. I'm also in sales now. And there's a lot of relations between sales and hiring processes, but also I didn't even think about it from that sense of like the retaining process. And it's the same way we could think about customers almost of receiving feedback or we listening to them, you know, whether it be calls or hearing testimonials or just reviews that they leave us. Um, and are we taking that all into consideration when we sell and when we yeah. have customer success and retain customers there too? That's and not just down the road, but in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, just like a new customer, we would want to know how are things going? Are you really trying things out? Because we know that renewals in SaaS, you know, it starts early on. You don't go 11 months in and then say, hey, you're going to renew in a month. Oh, you know, how's, how's everything going? And it's the same with people. Yeah. 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 Which, yeah, we've all seen with some SaaS companies before. But yeah, you're right. It's the same with people. And also that part of um, that part of like setting up goals. So just like, you know, we talk about all the time in SaaS B2B, like, hey, let's set up goals for these clients, make sure, make sure we're hitting them. That's the goal of CS is they want to make sure that they're on track for why they signed up for this tool in the, to, to begin with. And I think the same thing happens with um, hiring as well and, and keeping and retaining talent is, you know, here are the goals that they talk to us about in our beginning interview. Let's see if they're on the path to do that because that's ultimately what's going to make them stay. Yeah, totally. Awesome. So, yeah, and and just recently, I know we touched about this on the beginning. In the beginning, um, and we talked, you know, about these different ideas and themes from your book. But I read this stat recently that said women make up less than twenty five percent of B two B tech sales roles, but profits are fifty percent higher when women are well represented. So. Yeah. Yeah, I found it interesting. Yeah, I'd like to see that stat. I'm not sure of that one. Um, But definitely 25% of women in like entry-level sales, early sales roles is possible. We've lost a lot of women, so I don't even know. No one's done anything post-pandemic, so I'm looking forward. I talked to LinkedIn about doing something, Mm -hmm. and they're you know, thinking about it among all the other things that they do. Um, we, it would be really great to get some updated stats. The, the sad thing is that the higher you go in uh, sales, the less women. And so last I saw, and this was pre-pandemic, was that women only represented between 
11 and 15% of VP sales and above. And it depends whose survey you look at, but that was pre-pandemic. And I'm here to say that it could be lower now. And, and so we really, we know that women make great leaders and we know that women can be great in sales. We know that sales isn't for everyone. So just because someone's female doesn't mean they're gonna be good in sales. And we know some great men in sales too. Uh, it, for me, what I've learned over time is that there are 21 core sales competencies that um, strong salespeople have. And so I work towards that rather than whether someone's male or female. But I say, if women are just as good, generally speaking, um, why aren't there, you know, half, half of the sales team? Why isn't half the sales team female? It's just part of the old boys network, you know, that started years ago, that men built sales, men built business, and we've been let in, you know, slowly over time. So, but there's still a lot of structural issues that we need to work on. Before we can, yeah, start attracting more women in sales too. And yeah, and yeah you brought up a good point too. It's, you know, it's that like lack of diversity almost in sales, you know, across the board. And, um, you know, I've heard you talk on other podcasts too, of like how, you know, the diversity in sales, obviously in any role or any company is really important. But especially for sellers, when they're the front lines of companies and talking with people and relating to people too, um, I've heard you talk about that that's a really important factor to have on your sales team, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I mean, thank you so, so much for talking with me today and, you know, going through a couple of questions here around your book and, um, you know, just to kind of finish off here, where can people find your book? Where can they learn more about what you're doing um, <laughs> right there? But yeah, yeah where's, where's the best place to find you? On Amazon, uh, there, there is a Kindle version. There's a, this easy to read paperback version. People say they can do it in two sittings, maybe even one. I challenge people. But the biggest thing is if you know a sales team or if you're part of a company that a larger company that has a lot of sales managers that could benefit, I'd love for people to to share that and, you know, to to give it to a leader to uh, to possibly have for their teams, because it was really meant to help people solve issues. So if there's somebody struggling, um, we want to make sure that we get this in front of them. Yeah, absolutely. And from what you said earlier too, it's, you know, it's for people who already know that they're, you know, struggling with, with hiring, attracting, yeah. promoting, retaining great women, um, you know, to really give them the tools to do that and give them the confidence to, to find the right women and, and bring them into sales as well. But awesome. Lori, thank you so, so much for talking with me today. Um, last thing I always like to ask people before we talk about their, uh, you know, when we end talking about their book is besides your book, what's another book out there that you'd recommend for someone in sales? Uh, there's a great new book by an author named Helen Finucci, who works at Microsoft and it's called, I actually have one right here. It's called <laughs> love your team. <laughs> I read a lot of books, <laughs> love your team, uh, a survival guide for sales managers in a hybrid world. And it's excellent. It has actual um, words of here's what you can say when you run into 
this situation that's been really helpful for a lot of sales managers. Awesome. So shout out to Helen. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Supporting other people, supporting other authors out there. Lori, thank you so, so much for, for talking with me today. And thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Shake Sales. We'll catch you next time.